we're being segaled this next two episodes, gentlemen. Hmm. Under Siege and Under Siege 2, colon, Dark Territory. Great name. <laughs> very, <laughs> very descriptive. Very, very descriptive. It mentioned about 50 times, I believe, in the film. <laughs> we'll get to it later. Before we get on to the first Under Siege, Jared, what have we been watching, mate? Right, okay. <clears throat> I've got a couple. Uh, I started off with something called Mindhorn on Netflix. <laughs> what? It actually caught me by surprise. It just cropped up, and it was this British comedy about this bloke that was like a kind of Knight Rider action star in the 80s. And then, um, you know, present day, he's got fuck all going on. He's, you know, can't get a job. And then he gets a call from the place where he was filming the show of the police are tracking down a serial killer. And their suspect keeps ringing and saying, I'll only talk to Mindhorn. So he has to kind of get back into the role to get involved in a police case. It was actually pretty funny. It was pretty funny. It was on, uh, yeah, it just cropped up on Netflix. I think it's a Netflix original. It's got the woman out of the Babadook. Oh, yeah. yeah. She plays the female lead. And, um, yeah, worth a look. I thought it was pretty pretty funny. It's an interesting concept. It's it's a good idea. It's very original. It's a really cool idea. Uh, Shit's Creek season three popped up on there. Right, Straight yeah. onto it. Straight on it. I um, did not enjoy Shit's Creek. <laughs> oh, mate, I'm, I'm you were up Shit's Creek. There was no time. I, I watched like one and a half episodes, and I just couldn't handle any more stupidity. Uh, I've got a soft spot for it. I mean, the, the mayor of the town's called Roland Shit. How can you not? How can you not go for a show like this? Anyway, I um, think you just said it exactly. <laughs> hey, got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's Chris Elliott too, so he's brilliant. <laughs> Hannibal season three. I've got about three episodes to go. Love it. It's Red Dragon. Uh, the oh, okay. second half of the season is Red Dragon, and it's fucking excellent. It's really, really good. I'm not up to the end yet. I think I've got two, two or three episodes to knock over, but apparently it's fantastic. And there's the way that it that finishes off. And there's been a bit of buzz about, you know, Brian Fuller recently has been talking about still getting it off the ground for an extra season. So want to get the rights to Silence of the Lambs. So, so then have the, the final season to be Silence yeah, of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah, because they, they couldn't do Silence of the Lambs. They didn't have the rights. So that was going to be an issue anyway. <clears throat> but Hugh Dancy said he's on board. Mads Mikkelsen, they've all said they'll come back whenever if Brian Fuller's up for it. Yeah. So... Yeah. That would be a real sort of feather in the cap because yeah. Silence of the Lambs is still it's just it's iconic, incredible. Yeah. As I said, I think Mads Mikkelsen is fantastic and it's just it's a, such a shame that it never found an audience because basically it took all the crap from Hannibal that, you know, that Mason Vergas stuff from Hannibal and made it interesting. It. Yeah. Season two was really, really good. <clears throat> season one was fantastic as well, but season three, treading that familiar ground of Red Dragon and Manhunter, I mean, they, they both did it. Manhunter, I think, did it well. Red Dragon... Not so well. No. But this is the first time it's been done with copious amounts of Hannibal and been really good. <laughs> so, yeah, I was happy with that. John Wick 2. How's John oh, Wick 2? wow. You've still so got an erection. Good. So <laughs> good. Yeah. Um, Similar to the first one, straight down the line, but they just expand the world of that, that sort of assassins group, and it's just awesome. The action sequences are f- just brilliant. And, um, you know, they were even smart enough to uh, make... Uh, Ruby Rose is in it, right? I don't think she's a great actress, yeah. but she's just striking to look at. Mm. And so they make her mute, yeah. which is a fucking great move. <laughs> um, but yeah, just. Oh, Fishburne, I believe. Ruby Fishburne's is. in it. Um, Anne McShane's back. Uh, yeah, just. You've got to check it out. Yeah. It's better than the first one. 
Uh, I don't think there's any argument over that. I know Bill Simmons and co revisited the Action Hero Championship belt. Where, no, no, question, no question, Keanu's holding it at the moment. Uh, and some bloke reminded uh, Bill Simmons that when he when he wrote the article, yeah, I heard this. caveats about, you know, A listers who think their action stars can never get a bite at this, such as Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. He's proved you wrong. Yeah. Reeves is, Reeves nah, is Reeves, holding it. Reeves, in the right role, Reeves is fantastic. Mm. John Wick is perfect for him. Yeah. I saw Alien Covenant. Mm, interesting thought. <sighs> Didn't love it. It was better than Prometheus. I thank God. But it's <laughs> but it's still it's still tying things up from from Prometheus. And the aliens are barely in it. Mm. And every time they're in it, whoever's there gets done really quick. You know the funny thing. Saying this in all seriousness, Danny McBride was one of the best things about it. <laughs> so you've called that. I've got you covered. You poo-pooed me on McBride. <clears throat> But, but I'm yeah, I just I wasn't a fan of it. It it, it does it's not terrible. Prometheus bored me to tears. It didn't bore me as much, but there was parts where I was just wishing it would would finish up. So yeah, I can't really recommend it. But speaking of Danny McBride, I noticed they released a teaser sort of poster for Halloween. Yes, the new Halloween. Excellent. That he's writing, so obviously yeah. they're going ahead and it's all happening. Just so looks looks just like just, the original. Yeah, it looks classic, so, sort yeah. of um, very sort of minimalistic. Looks yep. really really good. So I saw Wonder Woman as well. We've heard nothing but good things. Excellent, excellent. <coughs> DC's finally nailed one. Um, well, in the new, I mean, I always say it was only nine years ago that the Dark Knight was the best comic book movie we'd ever seen, and yeah. DC was the toast of the town. But they're finally back on track after a couple of misfires. That was Christopher Nolan and not Zack Snyder, though. So yeah, two true. very yes, different yes. things. Um, yeah, in the extent, in the new DC EU, whatever they're calling it, it's um, this is finally a good one. <coughs> I saw Pirates of the Caribbean five. Oh. Surprise. Not bad, not bad. Look, I think the first one of them is a legitimately excellent movie. Yeah, yeah. Two and three just I don't know what happened, but they went way off the rails. But four and five have both just been simple, straight down the line, swashbuckle adventures, and I'm okay with that, you know. Yeah, they're theme park rides. Other than the first one, I haven't come out of them saying that's a brilliant movie. But I would probably watch this again with my with my kids. Yeah. You know, like it's it's fun. The first one um, is it's big set pieces. Close enough. It was on it was on TV really, the other night. Really good. Yeah, yeah. The first yeah. one's it's excellent. It's still good, and except it's got Keira Knightley in it. It's my nemesis. <laughs> Can't stand that. Ugh. The last the one I watched was um, our man Beef Seagal. <clears throat> his latest one, or one of his seven latest ones, <laughs> popped up on Stan. <laughs> So I watched it. It's called Sniper Special Ops or something. Now, just to let everyone know... It's, it's coming in for some treatment. I'll, we were I'll going to cover Sniper Special Ops. That was an initial no, we weren't. call. <laughs> no, that was... You, you were the only one I was that. throwing it out there. It was immediately cut down and under siege filled its place. By the sound of what Jared's told me off here, it was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the right call. And that, Yeah, that was it for me. It'll, uh, as I said, it'll come in for treatment when we get to it. During the Olympics. Give up. All right. Add a little bit as well. Um, I watched Guardians 2. I won't go into it too much. I'm assuming you guys have already chatted about it. I didn't like it as much as the first one, but it's pretty good. Mm. There's some annoying shit in it. Kurt Russell's stuff in it. He's a bit of a fuckhead. But, uh, How about young Kurt Russell? Pretty decent. It like, really... it's, not the, it's not the best one, I don't think. I still really like, for whatever reason, the... Uh, the Robert Downey Jr. one. Yeah, it was good. I thought it was pretty good, but they had that like he was like late teens, early twenties mm. in that like with the one they took him to. Whereas Kurt Russell, uh, Jack Sparrow, to that too. just had his main in part five looks excellent. Yeah, I heard it was pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, the movies the movies fine. It's just it, it feels like a bridge movie. It feels like you know this is on its way to nothing really actually happens. They just sort of yeah. they go around, they do little, you know, they have fight scenes and blow ups and whatever. And the Groot 
Baby Groot character was pretty friggin' annoying. He felt like a minion. Oh, who was the best thing about it? No. It, he oh, just like, look. How, look, I'm dancing. I'm cute. Like fuck off, mate. <laughs> yeah, I fell for it. Yeah, you, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's easy to do. It's just he he felt like a minion, and I fucking hate the minions. So <laughs> that that was bad for him. I watched uh, the Sean Penn movie, The Gunman. Oh yeah, the one he, the on one he jacked up for. Yeah. Yeah. Bloody hell, talk about being jacked up in, at 55. Mate, out of nowhere, like Sean Penn's always been just sort of a lean, like normal human. He mm. is ripped up in that. and as Is it any good? Oh, he's on the Zack Snyder diet. The movie, it's not bad. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, it's a pretty standard, like, um, it's very similar to Shooter, something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, someone gets stitched up and, you know, he's an elite sort of guy and they fucked with the wrong dude sort of thing. Are we, are we to assume that Sean Penn had um, mortgage payments to make? Uh, it's not really his sort it, of. It's not his side of movie, but it, it's a better movie than that sort of thing. It's not oh, just okay. a cashing of checks. It's okay. it's decent, and yeah, it's got it's got a few decent actors and stuff in it. it it's worth a look oh, anyway. Yeah. But have you had M's in it? And he's yeah, he plays a slimy motherfucker, oh, which yeah. he's obviously pretty good at. Um, so yeah, it's definitely worth a look. I watched a kids movie. You know, I watched a couple of them. This one was the better of the two, but not as good as I heard. It's rated I think ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it's called Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's the same people that did um, Coraline. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, kind yeah. of it's technically stop motion, but it's very hard to tell. It looks like yeah, you know, yeah. a Pixar sort of thing. Apparently, there's like four hundred and sixty thousand photos or something that make up the movie. Very weird movie. The way it like it's kind of like anime ish, with some like magic and stuff thrown in. Right. But it's just the way things happen is very strange. But my kids enjoyed it. Enjoy it yeah, my wife and I were sort of looking at each other going, what the fuck is going on and why is this so boring? And the kids were just glued to it. So. Well, Coraline was a bit like that too. Yeah, I never saw Coraline. It was in a really weird sort of world. Yeah. It was, it was interesting and it was intriguing, but it was just weird. It wasn't like what you'd expect. From yeah, well, this little bloke has got like a, like, a magic, like, um, <laughs> like a magic sort of lute, like a magic guitar thing, and he can like control like origami. It's very... It's weird. Sold. I mean, yeah. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't take much with you, Cotty. <laughs> so, I mean, it's if you, yeah, if you've got little kids, it's probably worth a look. But definitely better than the next one, which was Storks. 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 Yeah. Storks is uh, Andy Samberg. I saw the. It's basically <laughs> it's basically um, Brooklyn Nine Nine, but with Storks carrying babies around. Uh-huh. Uses all his same jokes. And none of it works. It's trying so hard. The animation looks really good in it. The, like the visually, it's a really good looking movie. Everything else about it's completely fucked. And I was like in pain watching it. My, <laughs> my wife and I were just like, please let this end. It was that bad. Uh, and we fucking paid for it. So that was good. <laughs> Jeez. On a, on a lighter note, the new season of F is for Family came out on Netflix. I saw that. Fuck, I love it. I love it. Really, really good. It, it goes through little quiet bits, but when, when they have the certain jokes that work, like I'm legitimately crying. So that's always that's always good. I finished off the, st- the stuff for the Blacklist that was on Netflix. Oh, yeah, because they put another season on. They did, yeah, and I, I churned through that pretty quick. I think it's getting better. I actually really like it. it just it, I, I always sort of didn't really get into it because it felt like one of those ones where it's just like a generic pretty standard stuff. generic, but it, it just... He's just that good. Spade is so Spider-Man, good. He's it. so good. I love the. Oh, I could watch Boston him. Legal. I used to love. Yeah, Boston exactly. Legal. For that he's reason. So good in that. Yeah, I could watch him take a turd. He's really <laughs> like he just captures the everything that's going on. It's always just about him. He's really good that way, uh, and still just churning through Better Call Saul, which is. Yeah, I'm just so annoyed that it's week by week, <laughs> but they've got me big time. It's it's really well made. So that was it for me. Okay, look, I went back to Documentary Town. Oh, shock me. I watched The Keepers. 
mm-hmm. the Netflix scene. <clears throat> yep. Look, it's it's really interesting, um, and it does do a pretty good job of sort of keeping you in, interested throughout. But it's not it's not nowhere near as good as Making a Murderer. Well, they, they kept sort of talking about that it was the new Making a Murderer. And yes, it's kind of, but it, it doesn't. It goes off in a slightly different tangent. I heard one of the best things about it were the sort of dramatisations. They reckon. Yeah, yeah, they did it. They, they did, did a really, really good job of, of kind of, not. It was dramatisations, but also, but it was really kind of, sort of haunting. They yeah. did it in this really haunting way. They shot a lot of it black and white. It does look really good, and the idea behind it, yeah, the whole idea, the whole hook of being a murder having happened is just the central conceit to get you in. Yeah. And then once that spreads out. Look, definitely worth a look. If you've got the time, it's definitely worth a look. I watched an old slasher film called Final Exam. It's kind of like Halloween. They're trying to do what Halloween was doing. But not as good. No, nowhere near as good. <laughs> Obviously, there was a budget problem. But it's got this, uh, this terrible scene that... Wouldn't have cut the mustard back then in 1981, but today it would be just, you'd just be going, what were they thinking? It relates to a fraternity prank where they burst out of a van in the middle of the quad in ski masks and start firing guns at people. That's hilarious. And then that's, that's considered just a little bit of a, a light prank. Bit yeah. of tomfoolery. I'm thinking, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I did hear something that when the, that is actually played on television today, like when it's ever played on television, that whole sequence is cut out. I would think so. Yeah, so yeah. I remember just as I was watching, I was just thinking, <laughs> what in the world is this? <laughs> Why did we think? Because, I mean, it wasn't even in... That sort of stuff was happening back then, back in the 70s and things mm, like yeah. that. So. I would have been asking why I was watching that movie in the first place. Don't you start. It was an old one from my youth. Sniper special ops. Sniper, yeah, I got sniped, all right. And I watched Seagal as well. I went Ooh. to early Seagal, Hard to Kill. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it. If only it was easy to kill back then. in a lot of pain. But obviously I'll go into that more deeply when we get to his Olympics. But that's it for me. Very short, very, very little. It's time around. Good. All right, let's take a break. Here's the trailer for 1992's Under Siege. It was the final voyage of America's mightiest battleship. What's on this helicopter? This little sweetheart. Miss July 89. God, I love this business. I love you. The party was wild. They really knocked them dead. Imagine this arsenal of tactical nuclear weapons falling into the wrong hands. The Pentagon never did. Four minutes ahead of schedule. Damn, I'm good. Now, a team of terrorists have taken over. Wake up the president. But there's just one thing they didn't count on. The cook. Are you like some special forces guy or something? No, I'm just a cook. Oh my God, we're gonna die. Coordinate your efforts with us. Yes, sir. I see that you completely disobeyed my orders. Roger that. Ryback is an ex-seal. Expert in martial arts. Explosives. Weapons and tactics. I also cook. 
The Nimitz is tracking two tomahawks just launched from the Missouri. Where are they headed? Honolulu. Happy trails. Steven Seagal. I know you, don't I? Tommy Lee Jones. Been a long time. I'll see you in hell, Santa Boy! Under Siege. Under Siege 2, uh, Under Siege, hmm. sorry, from you can't 1992. Skip it. We've got, we've got to cover it, I don't want to skip it. <laughs> we'll stick with this one. Directed by Andrew Davis, who directed The Fugitive. Produced by Arnon Milshan, Stephen Segal, and Stephen Ruther. And the screenplay is by J.F. Loughton, who actually wrote Pretty Woman. Wow. Surprise. <laughs> Stephen Segal plays Casey Ryback. Tommy Lee Jones is William Stranix. Gary Busey is Commander Krill, and Erica Alaniak is Jordan Tate. The budget was $35 million, and the box office was $156 million worldwide. Stephen Segal claimed in an interview that the character played by Erica Alaniak was not included in the original screenplay, and that he personally suggested the inclusion of a stripper as a sidekick to add some humour to the film. Or because he wanted to see a jump out of a cake with no top on. That's from <laughs> IMDb, so I can't be sure if that's correct or not. Oh, but Stephen. <laughs> oh, Stephen. <laughs> okay. Jared, over to you, mate. Generally, okay. give us a score, mate. So, I hadn't watched this in ages, but this was a movie I watched countless times in the 90s, and it's a little bit of the shine's worn off, shall we say, (laughs) just a little bit. It is one of Seagal's better ones, (laughs) (laughs) however... It's Captain Obvious. (laughs) It is by no means immune from his... His lack of self-awareness, his need to squeeze himself into sort of acting situations that he shouldn't be in. <laughs> it's, it's just, I mean, if it wasn't for Gary Busey and Tommy Lee Jones, it'd be a stinker, to be honest. But they, uh, they save it a little bit, and I think the setting saves it as well. So, in a sense, the, 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 the Seagal nearly torpedoed his own, like, own, you know, best, his movie. own best movie. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm probably... I wasn't going to go a three, but I might go a three. A little bit of nostalgia value. It is fun. It's, it's, it's dumb fun. It has some legitimately excellent performances, not from Steven. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's... Probably a two and a half if I'm being dead serious, but I'll go a three. Okay. Gibbo? Yeah, very similar to Jared. Watched this probably 36 billion times when I was a younger person. Absolutely loved it back then. As he said, some of the shines come off now because my eyes work better and (laughs) uh, I've got a brain and all those sort of things. Like when you're little, you know, the explosions and the boobs and the big guns and stuff, you're thinking this is amazing. You think Steven Seagal's, you know actually good at stuff <laughs> and then when you watch it now you're like uh, he's not and you know it's one of those things but the nostalgia value as jared said is really good but tommy lee jones like not so much gary Busey, but tommy lee jones in this i just i love him he's amazing and uh any good action movie needs a good villain so i think he saves it big time i'd probably go with a three and a half for this one because i i did have fun with it and there is some massive massive problems but not enough to kill it for me so Look, I, I'm a three out of five. I think the, just like you guys, the villains are excellent. I think several of the action scenes are excellent, um, especially the explosion with the helicopter and, and him jumping off the side of the... Some of that stuff's excellent. But 
the problem with it is Casey Ryback. Like, Seagal, take away the fact that Seagal is not an actor, but the character of Casey Ryback is indestructible. He, he is inhuman. Like If there was an action movie uh, god... There, there, there is no... Ryback. This suffers from Die Hard syndrome. And when I say that, I say that Die Hard came out in 88, Die Hard 2 came out in, in 1990. They were both highly regarded for their... Not only as films, but the, the whole setup, the whole idea of the one man on his own. Yeah, well, this is Die Hard on a boat. Everyone always said and that. And people rushed to see. I mean, I was I couldn't wait to see this in '92. <laughs> this was Die Hard. It was just on a boat yeah. with someone else. But looking at it now, it's not Die Hard's ass. <laughs> like it's not even close to Die Hard. Well, the thing is, at the end of Die Hard, fucking John McClane is torn to bits. Yeah, he can't walk. He's fucking shot up. Like he looks like like he obviously start, he goes through some shit and that he wouldn't survive. But at least he's got something at the end of it. Yeah. Casey Ryback comes out the end of it. He's just kissing a chick and just smiling <laughs> yeah. at the camera. Like he's got a, it's he's ridiculous. Got, he's got a sore shoulder and a cut on his nose. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> a mild so grave. Yeah. Th- that's actually the problem. There is absolutely no tension. Hmm. There is no feeling of how is this guy going to get out of this situation? In there's fact, tension. there's very little. There's tension, but it's from the guys that are in the uh, in, in the, the hole. hole. But even um, that, they, they they blow that, they cock it up. Yeah, it's it's very limited, and Ryback kind of, as you said, undoes a lot of it because he's he's man. But don't get me wrong, it's good fun. There's some good action sequences, and Seagal, when asked to do what he does best, which is you know his fighting stuff. Goes all right. That's that's still all reasonably well handled. It's just that the character's just got no. I feel nothing for him. Mm. It's funny because I've given it a three, but my dislikes far outweigh my likes. Well, just look at my list. It is entertaining. It is. I've got I've got plenty. I've got quite a few likes. They kind of even up for me. There were some really good things I liked, and and starting with it is the, the bottom line is there's a good cast around Seagal, which saves his ass really. Tommy yeah. Lee Jones is a... It was just prior to him winning the Oscar for The Fugitive. Yeah. But the guy's a professional, mate. Like, he's just... He knows this is Ham City, mm. but Ham's going to work here, you know? Yeah. And, and for it me, works perfectly. Um, for and for me, Busey was... Yeah. Busey was in this pocket where it was post-bike accident. Yeah. So he was a little bit loony in this film, but it fit perfectly, and he was still capable of delivering a really good performance. So he kind of was the perfect fit for this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he yeah, he was another he was another solid addition. But yeah, there's guys like Cole Meany and people like that mm. in there just to sort of yeah, your villains, you've got you got a heap of decent actors in villainous roles. Mm. And it's probably the one really good choice that the filmmakers made is knowing their audience. People are gonna come out for Seagal because he's hot right now, and he was. He was hot at that time. Sad state. Yeah. Sad to yeah. say, but he was. He'd had a, a string of number one hits, but... So were greased-up ponytails. They were hot. <laughs> that is <laughs> how he does the greased-up ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they actually... Well, he's in the Navy. They had to have a haircut. You're in the Navy. You cannot have a ponytail. Yeah. Imagine him with a crew oh, cut. It was still lengthy. It was. It was lengthy <laughs> in the back. Every now and again, it got loose from his product. Too, and it, just sort of, it came out over his ears a few times, and I was like, oh, put it away, mate. It's like a dick coming out of his pants. <laughs> <laughs> but you've surrounded him with good actors. It's it's a really good decision that was made, and it it kind of helps balance the film out yeah. and make it watchable. 
I've got to say, one of my first likes was, um, and it always happens when you go and see an older movie, Tuco Salamanca in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought to myself, is he cooking meth over there? <laughs> <laughs> Silently. <Yeah. laughs> His brother's in another corner cooking some But yeah, that was because I... Um, Honestly, when I saw him in Breaking Bad, I thought, oh, he's somewhat familiar, You've but seen I can't him remember somewhere. him from anything. Yeah. And then I go back and watch this, and I'm like, fuck, there he is, right there. Well, well, <laughs> a fresh-faced Tuco. We're jumping a little bit, but Mike Ermintrout shows up in he number does, two as well. He does, he does. Oh, jeez, oh, yeah. look how young he is, and he still speaks the same. Mate, you want to get younger? Go back to Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. yeah. Beverly yeah, Hills right. Cop. That's yeah. young Mike Ermintrout. Mike barely <laughs> speaks in that one, does he? In uh, Beverly Hills Cop? Yeah. Yeah, he, he does. He doesn't speak much. This much. one, when he, when he spoke in this one, it was essentially just, ex- the voice is exactly the same. Yeah. So as you said, it's like they've done the de-aging effects on him. Yeah. It was pretty um, funny. I'm actually going to come out and say that this Seagal is terrible, but this is far. This is a better performance than ninety percent. Oh yeah, because he keeps the fucking whispering, the the asshole whispering to a, a bare minimum. I actually remember him being much worse. And he cracks a smile a couple uh, of times. Yeah, I remember him being much worse in this. I was and, actually I was yeah, pleasantly surprised by how shitty he was. He's not too bad for the was. first fifty minutes. Yeah, uh, he then dips into his usual bag of tricks, which it's is all right. talk low into his chest yeah. and do all yeah. that stuff. Look, I'll, what I think it's all right is, and I'll go back to our favourite fucking Chuck Norris analogy: the putters and the pitching <laughs> men. Basically, they've given Stephen a putt and said, stay on the green. Just, yeah. get on the, just get on the green and practice. Tommy and Gary will get you on the green. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you just, just put it in. Yeah, they're playing, exactly a, they're playing, a, they're playing an Ambrose. They're taking... They're taking an Ambrose acting tournament. They're taking Tommy Lee Jones's drive and, and, and fucking Busey's approach and they've got, all right, Stephen, your turn, you little spastic. Like, here you go. Cole, have Meany's, a crack. Cole Meany's carrying the bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it works. Because they don't ask him to do a lot. Well, from what I've heard, he's only in it for 41 minutes yeah. of actual screen time. Yep. has Steven Seagal in it. Less is more. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes less is less from him, though, according to you on Sniper. <laughs> <laughs> but again, we'll get into that later. Talking, um, about, uh, talking about early likes, I actually... It was a good. It's a good scene setting. The opening montage. They could do like a quasi montage where they're kind of doing like credit scenes of yeah. just like stock footage of ships, and then they're just doing little bits and pieces introducing characters. Mm. And it felt like it really worked well. Just to set the scene. Yeah, yeah. And you sort of it sort of jumps through all the early bits, and then you saw you kind of almost into it where they're coming up to the party. Plus, they kind <clears> of set the geography of where everything is. Too. Yeah, exactly. I like that. They just Which is hard because ships look very, very everywhere looks the same. Yes. Yeah, you know. So and, then and you've so got the, the forecastle, and they've got their bridge, and like sort of stuff's all laid out. So. Well, one of my favourites is Gary Busey advising that the bullion base sounds like a lot <laughs> <laughs> And then spitting in it. Hawk's a real loogie too. Yeah. Invisible loogie, but loogie yeah, all the same. He's a good one too. Yeah. He, gets the whole, he gets the cheeks into it. Yeah. <laughs> he really got hard loads. And then when he spits it in there, he gets the little, like, like the yeah, little, the little raindrop sound. sound. It's like, wow, he's really nailed that. And he doesn't think I was jobby after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> well, he pushes him and they said, that's striking an officer. And he said, that's yeah, not striking an officer. Did. Yeah. But also, n- that's not another, a another bit of classic beauty is when he comes out in drag yeah. for the first time. <laughs> there's, a, there's a small role from an actor called Bernie Sanders. A black guy with mustache, mm. and his 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 delivery of when he sees him, it's oh my god, have <laughs> a look at this guy! <laughs> I, just, I just burst in out laughing as soon as he said it. And Beauty is hamming it up a treat there, like it's all that. This is why you hire blokes like this, mm. crazy or not at the time, mm. but 
he, he just you, you get that kind of performance and he is good yeah He's um, the second best part of the movie, I would No say. doubt, yeah. yeah. Tommy Lee Jones, Tommy Lee Jones owns it. I've got to say, um, I have finally found a bit of cigar humour that actually made me laugh. What was and it? And it was the one bit where he's sitting there. And I think it's it's not even that funny, but I think it's because of the way he takes himself so seriously. I was going to say, was it deliberate? It came out of nowhere after he's been locked in the, in the cool room. And he's there going, oh, you take Krill's orders and you put me in the brig, you'll be in trouble, use your head. And get my pies out of there. <laughs> and I started laughing because he delivered it just like he delivers everything else. It was kind of like, Flat. I don't know if he knew it was a gag or whatever, but it was the only kind of, it was the only time I've watched Seagal deliver a line and had a bit of a chuckle to himself. But when it was he actually almost to cracks a smile at the end of it. He yeah. does, yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say when he gets out of it, he goes, talk about a cold day in hell. And I was just oh, like, oh no, Lord, Stephen. Stephen. Seagal's <laughs> got... Um, he reminds me of when they used to say um, the Ultimate Warrior used to cut promos in wrestling and nobody knew what the fuck he was talking about. Mm. That's what Steven Seagal's quips are like. He quips, and I'm just like, nope. what was that? <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> the takeover of the ship and all of that is done in 20 minutes. I actually looked at the time. <laughs> I didn't do my usual. Oh, I was done in 10 minutes and 40 minutes later. <laughs> it was actually in 20 minutes. It was yep. that they'd taken over the ship and perfect. We know who we need to know. Rush through that stuff. Rush through the... Get to know people and get it done fast. Yeah. And then get right back into action. And that's basically yeah. what they do. And they do it well. And tying into that, the boat itself is a great setting. Like having having um, this side of this sort of movie, as simple as the sort of premise is, it works on a on a boat like that. Like yeah. it's um you get kind of that uh, you get the opportunity for some, for some really nice looking shots. You get the straightforward sort of thing about they're stuck here, they they can't get out. Yeah. So yeah, that the, the setting in itself really works, and as you said, they they hit it at, they hit it at a good pace. And I do like the fact that they actually explain there's trouble in the kitchen. Ryback's in the kitchen, and he's like, "That's open slather. He's, you know, that's not locked down. He's got access to the entire ship." Yeah. Mm. So they tell you in advance, that's how he can move around. With it was a little ease. bit expositiony. It but, is, yeah, but yeah. they yeah. had to because the first thing you'd be thinking is they just locked the whole place up. Yeah. How's he moving around with such freedom? Yeah. Because he is. He's just waltzing around wherever he likes. But I just like, I like the fact they at least took care of it. Yeah. Um, which in a lot of other cigar movies. They don't even want to do it. They wouldn't. Oh, it's just he's the best. <laughs> he can do everyone. Yeah. So you tell me he can just sort of you know vanish from here and wind up here like just walk through walls, Stephen. Yeah. Another piece of classic music. He's in in the captain's quarters going through his oh yeah files. It's his best line. And he's reading his own. <laughs> he's going. He needs a psych evaluation for his next. <laughs> and he slams it down on the table. He goes. Do I look like I need a psych evaluation? And Tommy Lee Jones just looks at him deadpan. He goes, no, you don't. <laughs> the, funniest, the funniest part of that is Busey was just starting to show that. Like when he reads that line and then looks at Lee Jones, he's kind of got that one squinted eye and the half mouth open, like a scowl on his face. It's coming undone. It was just brilliant. I must admit, I can, I'm sure Tommy Lee Jones was probably sitting there thinking, what am I doing here? <laughs> what, what, what am I doing to make this lot? Tommy Lee Jones would rather be on a Jim Carrey movie at that stage, right? I don't know how much he loves I Jim. I believe it wasn't long after that. He was, no, yeah, it was, after, <laughs> he was telling Jim Carrey he didn't care for his bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> the scene where uh, Seagal stealthily takes down the two guys in the kitchen, 
that's really well handled for starters. But secondly, it just showcases that he's very dangerous. Like, because because we're still going with the whole he's a cook, he's a cook, he's a cook. That was with Chekhov's uh, throwing knife. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the throwing knife comes into play. Yeah. That's right. But I do like the fact that they kind of showcase that he is more than what he says he is, mm. and he's now loose in amongst it. So yeah. I, I like the way it was done. Plus, I love the fact that they took the lights out and he he just sort of slips in. He was a bit smaller back then, so he could move a bit more freely. A bit more light. I would have liked a scene where the OH&S officer rolled in and said, Get this fucking throwing ball <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> what are you dickheads doing down here? This is a WHS ball, <laughs> Get this out of here. I don't think he had much respect for rules, though, to be no, honest. No, no, old not. Casey. No. But Tommy Lee Jones' discussion with the Pentagon... Where they get, we get some info about Stranix, and it's oh, yeah. perfectly pitched. It's one side absolute lunatic, <laughs> one side pure ham. But the whole but time he's just, he's just stirring shit. He's just yeah. burning time. He yeah. doesn't give a fuck what they and think. And I really liked it because yeah. it's it's a it's a it's a big sort of monologue for him. It's where it's the only time he really gets to take center stage somewhat in the film. Yeah, like he kind of owns the whole whole thing. And he's perfect. He just does it perfectly. Yeah. That whole scene though, actually reminds me of, funnily enough, um, Die Hard 3, when uh, Jeremy Irons' character is talking to them and saying he, all these fucking brothers he wants released from you know, yeah. different prisons or whatever else around the world. And all it is is just a stalling tactic the yeah, whole I think time. think similar in the first Die Hard, isn't Yeah, it? there's one in that too. Asian Dawn. Yeah, the, the Asian Dawn. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> do you think they'll even do it? <laughs> no, who cares? Don't, don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's just buying time, but it's very... Like, it, this is dead set. Like, you talk about the uh, the helicopter blowing up scene when he jumps over the side. Like, that's from Die Hard 1. Yeah, yeah. It's been very done. Very similar, yeah. And he did it much better in Die Hard, but... This movie takes so much from the original. That is a good sequence, though, where where he blo- he draws them to him and he blows the helicopter, jumps off, and then he sets the booby trap in the door with mm. the grenade. Yeah. yeah. That then just blows. Like, it's only just stand fast, stand fast. He's opens up. I got him. Nuts. Bam. Yeah. So I, I really did like that stuff. I thought that was again the action sort of scenes coming into play, and and it. Direction was, I think it's probably the best directed Seagal film he's ever had too. Yeah. Again, shiniest of many turds. True, but uh, I mean, at that time, that Andrew Davis was, you know, he was a fairly decent action specialist. You know, The Fugitive was a Fugitive's a really good movie, yeah, fantastic. So I really, I was really happy with that. Uh, I really actually liked some of the song choices for the soundtrack as well. Just some of them really fit in, like the. It just it fits the the mood of the movie. I've completely gone blank on the song now. Actually, yeah. I didn't even write it down. But um, We're not um, Voodoo Child. Yeah, Voodoo Child. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's yeah, Voodoo it's Child. Just when it when it sort of comes, it's like stuff starting to happen, and then that plays, and it's just all. Yeah, that really kicks it all off. Yeah, exactly. But there's, there's a couple of good ones in there. Yeah, there's, it's not a bad soundtrack. Yeah, I do like the fact that they put the crew in the in the forecastle. Yeah. It again, it raises the stakes. It suddenly puts Rye back in the situation where. He can't just go after the terrorists because now there's a there's some um, his crew his his crew and his people are now in trouble. Mm. Well, it's the only real stakes in the movie. Yeah, even the um, you know when the bad guys are getting away with the stuff, you, their plans kind of like they're selling them to someone, and you sort of just like 
that's kind of lost in the shuffle a little Even bit. Even they're like, oh, we're going to blow up Honolulu. It's like, yeah, so? Yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> you never really, they never really put that into play so much. And the only time that's mentioned is when they're in the bloody Navy exposition room or whatever. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Um, yeah, yeah. So you kind of... Um, the Pentagon yeah, exposition room. The guys, the guys in... Uh, the, the guys in the folks are the only people you see in danger. Ryback, even when he is in danger, you know he's not in danger. Like yeah. it's so they're the only ones that are in in play really. There's a couple of lovely gore sequences at one point. The guy getting the steel girder pummeled oh, through down his through head. the floor, yeah. yeah. That's right. And then Ryback taking those guys out in that room and driving that guy's arm onto a circular uh, onto saw a, yeah the top of his shoulder head. comes down through his collarbone, cuts yeah. through him. I was. Very happy with that. That was that was the early nineties, mate. You could get away with that. Get away with whatever you want. Yeah, but that steel girder thing, because he looks up at it and it's like, look how pointy this really heavy girder is, and it just goes straight through. Oh, mate. I kind of enjoyed the fact that he kind of picks up a bit of a motley crew, couple of his old buddies, that old dude who'd been in one of the previous wars. Yeah. Erica and Laniac. They're all this motley crew of people. But they kind of help him out. Yeah. So it's not re- it's not really the one man against everyone. No, yeah, they're not sorry. completely. No, sorry. Let's rephrase that. They, um, they, they get told what to do. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Apologies. Yeah, they do. They get told how to do it. <laughs> Did you guys enjoy when Eric Leniak shows old mate how to, how to load the gun? He's like, can you show me how you use Absolutely this? no reason for that. She's got a flak vest on, so now yeah. she knows what she's doing. Yeah, well, no I, I actually... Um, I was taken back a little bit. I remember watching this going, oh, Eric and Oleniak, you're building it. Like, just, you know, you couldn't wait to watch Under she was, again. She was peak hot chick back yeah, then. Right? Yeah, like, from exactly. Baywatch and everything. And, um, but, oh, I'll get into it later, but Cross, it's one of the worst written characters I've ever seen in yeah. a movie. Yeah. But, yeah, like, it's... I, I didn't mind the crew they got together. Even by the very end, I didn't mind her. But and well, at least she doesn't go full that, damsel in distress. Like yeah, she, exactly. she ends up being a little bit proficient. Well, well yeah, that's interesting that they went that way bit. in a Seagal film. Which well, is, in a movie where her main job is to take her boobs out. Yeah, yeah, they give her a role that afterwards. Really is her, that could have been her only role. But Do you remember her for anything else ever? No. Other than take, taking the top off out of that cake? No. No one does. Beverly well done, Erica. No, Anyone? no. no. <laughs> in a Seagal film, you, you you didn't get that. No, because his characters were always so sort of awesome at everything. Everyone was a damsel in distress. Well, you still didn't get it, but I, I think somebody must have said in the writing you didn't get it, but somebody must have said, "Look, we got to have her do something." Yeah, it was Stephen. It was, wasn't Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen created the character, and someone else had to fix it later on. Yeah. Um, fix your post, mate. Yeah, it's sort of. Uh, I didn't mind the. Yeah, I didn't mind his team. But yeah, the old, the old would have been nice if one of them could have done good. something without being told by right well, back. The pretty things. boy, the pretty boy that's trying to crack on Derek Lennon, he's trying. I'll, I'll stay with you or whatever else. Like he, he has some funny shit. A little bit of comic relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he's just pathetic. <laughs> my, my last like for the film was Tommy Lee Jones' death. Yeah. I thought it was kind of cool to at least have something different than a classic punch up. So it was it's, it's a super nice satisfying. fight. It's mm. a nice fight, and he gets a gouge in the eye. Then that knife, knife to the top of the, the head. Top of the head. Yeah. It, it was like a, it was like and then I believe he gets his head rammed into something. something yeah, just know. for no reason. I think he gets yeah. unceremoniously. Yeah, fucking thrown. It's very. It's like a John Wick, Wick kill. Yeah. That when he shoots him in the head a couple of times, then shoots him in the knee afterwards, yeah, just yeah, to prove right. a point. It was um, yeah, it was like all I thought, all I could think of when he. When he jammed in his head, because I'd forgotten about it, I'd forgotten how Tommy Lee Jones got done in, which was kind of cool to see again. But yeah, when he when he did it in the top of the head, I was just like, "That's a that's a Jason kill." Yeah, yeah it was like, just, like a Friday the Thirteenth. And you could see the special graphic. effects, you know, the special effects head by the end. Of it just it was yeah, it was very satisfying. Yes, 
Any other likes on the table here? No, no, we pretty much... I, I, I still had Tommy Lee Jones as the unhinged fucking arch-villain was awesome, but we kind of covered that off, but it e- easily made the movie. I had the more in the... Um, the best line of the movie was Tommy Lee Jones. Um, when the computer blokes try to sort things out, and he sort of angers Tommy Lee Jones, but he sort of keeps it under the surface and just does that menacing sort of stuff, and then he walks out of the room and just goes, Get back to work, jack off! <laughs> I was cracking up. <laughs> it was cracking. <laughs> All right, okay, so dislikes. Okay. Seagal's banter with anybody, any of the other officers. Um, he left his charisma back in the Crystal Cave, mate. <laughs> he's, he, he's got when he when he is required to do that, it shows he's got no idea how people talk. <laughs> but there's also it doesn't feel real. No, no. The dialogue's always in a lot of the Seagal films, and I even picked this up in in Hard to Kill. It just, it feels, everything's just kind of laid out. Like, part of, I'm not, look, I'm not an actor, and neither of you guys are, but part of acting is improvisation too. Like, you can't just sit there, because dialogue exchanges take different turns. Even even if you go off a script, you've got to be able to run with it. Yeah. And good actors can. You've got to take the offer, mate. That's what they call it. But (laughs) Seagal doesn't seem like, like... It just seems like Seagal's not interested in what you're offering. He's going to kick it out of your hand. Yeah, so let me tell you, this is how I see it read through with Seagal. You read your line, he then starts talking, you immediately go... Yeah, <laughs> they're taking turns. You start flicking through the pages. Where's this? I imagine on the set when they go off... And he's off got course. his own script. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine on the set when they go off course and go off the line that they're supposed to deliver. It's like the Simpsons where they're stamping on his foot going... <laughs> Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Samson, <laughs> I call you Mr. Thompson. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Thompson. <laughs> I think he's talking to you. <laughs> I think that's what happens. Yeah. Basically, you've got one script, he's got a totally written script that he's done last night. Even, <laughs> even, even when he's on script, though, it's, it's so... It just ta- they take turns. Like at no point does someone interrupt someone yeah. else, or they don't talk over each other or anything like that. No. He's like you can see him waiting for the other person to finish their line, and then the camera cuts to him. And he looks like he's like, my turn. Okay, go. Yeah. And he just sort of spits out this dribble. And he said, you met, like there was a couple of examples. There's a one about the bayou. Remember when he's sitting in there cracking a gag about someone? He's trying to do a bayou. southern. Yeah, something about the bayou, and then he says something. I couldn't even understand what he's saying. Everyone goes, eh. <laughs> he sounded like Father Fred or whatever. <laughs> 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 all these other motherfuckers. Earned their money because they had to laugh at the right time. Yeah. And then you know the the bloke walks in. Hey, Cubo, show me some moves. And he starts dancing. If it's anyone does off. that anywhere around me, I'm just saying, uh, I'm just fucking gonna sneak over. Yeah, look at this guy. The guy created the flashbulb. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was the first ever flashbulb. Oh. Look. I believe Seagal's a Navy SEAL. I certainly don't believe him as a chef. The first time we see him, he's got that fucking hat on. Yeah, the sideways little <laughs> flop hat. That's how you know he's a chef, God. Adam. You don't know anything about chefs. Bouillabaisse looks like Swill. <laughs> 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 he's talking about Bouillabaisse, and the first thing you see, he's fucking whisking an egg. <laughs> you can't fool us, motherfucker. You're whisking an egg. <laughs> <laughs> that's for his pie. No, <laughs> that's Bouillabaisse. That spit from Busey sat right at home. <laughs> that was the best tasting thing in it. 
<laughs> oh, God. Um, I also find it strangely hard to swallow that the homemade bomb in the microwave just happens to go off at the, right at time. the perfect time <laughs> yeah. that Tommy Lee Jones and Co. are in the kitchen. I call yeah. that the Maguire moment. And when all he does is close the door and go... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that does, but you know, you've checked out to an hour. Steve doesn't understand how a fucking microwave works. <laughs> he just turned it on. He was just hoping for the best. It was pure luck. That was his improvisation. He just fucking whips something up and stuck it in the microwave. They'll be here in 17 minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, that was super convenient. After that quick setup, the next 30 minutes are a little bit slower. Very draggy. And yep. there is a lot of exposition. Yeah. That's where it gets a little bit heavy and a little bit, it's like sludgy. You know, they just, they don't never quite get out of first gear in yeah. that period. And the other in thing. In fact, I don't that, even think there's a biffo in any of that. The other thing, like getting back to where they sort of set it up. My only real problem with the setup was that there's no point that Busey doesn't seem like a villain. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know that prick's gonna be a villain from the get-go. There's no, there's no subtlety or nuance. He looks to like it. a crazy person. He doesn't double cross anyone. He's been an asshole to everyone before the before Tommy Lee gets there. So, so how does someone that has his mental makeup get to the rank of commander? Oh, like, how long has he been in the Navy before he's decided to turn turkey on him? Like, <laughs> it doesn't seem likely. You know what I mean? Like, that stuff's just got to seem to get weed out, but... I mean, yeah, before... <laughs> before anything's happened, we've got him telling, Seagal, uh, telling an officer that Seagal's a psychopath. Yeah. He may be correct in that, but look, regardless. And um, something about that he hates America, and if he escapes a meat locker, shoot him in the head. How do you not know where this is going? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that was all very sort of. Um... Commander Krill's a little bit off tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's talking about right, killing yeah. people left and right. What does that mean? As he's saying that, you're thinking this guy's the psychopath. There's yeah. no grey area yeah, here. Yeah, there, guy. He's telling me to shoot him in the head. That fucking bullet base must have smelled like shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, more like a lot of them. The negative I have against the folks all stuff, they put the crew in danger. But they ramp the stakes up, they bring the stakes up, mm. they put them in danger, but then they turn the water off in minutes. Yeah. It's over. Yeah, yeah. yeah the to ticking, me, the ticking that's time the ticking bomb's gone. clock to yeah. the end. It's like the, it's the, like the bomb on speed. Yeah, you yeah. want to have them like boosting each other up and like yeah. holding on to pipes at the top and running and out of air. And Ryback gets there just in time or, you know, this, the, 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 the pressure's on, but it's just not on. Yeah, they just go and find a red tap and turn it off and it's all over. Yeah, yeah, not ideal. No, it just, it just, it ruined it. Can we just sort of address Tommy Lee Jones' costume? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's perfect. Yeah. It looks like someone out of the Warriors. Oh, mate, I, I was looking what at it. You story? know where he's, he's walking through the crowd going, shit. Why are you a train, Tommy? What's going on here? I must say, though, you know, I always thought, you know, how ridiculous he looked. But there was this fleeting moment, I thought to myself, fuck, he looks just like Keith Richards. Exactly, that's what they were clearly going for. With the headband and stuff and the glasses, he was Keith Richards. Because they're both got leather the ultimate warrior. Yeah, that's all right. But it's yeah, ridiculous. The long hair, I think, you just... It's just one of those. It's just one of those choices that you can't buy because he's never ever had hair looking like no. that. So then when you you get him with this long hair and bandana, you think, gee, that looks just a little bit off. Now, uh, this this is my biggest problem with mm-hmm. the film, and I said it at the start. Ryback is the biggest problem with the film because. Yep. And look, I, I don't I'm, I don't want to compare it to Die Hard. I'm not I'm not trying to compare this to Die Hard. Although the plots are similar, we're talking apples and oranges, right? One's the, a good movie, yeah. The difference, <laughs> yeah. The difference. The reason why John McClane 
is such a likable character for us is because not only is he not indestructible, but in the first Die Hard, there's a sequence where the, they try to drive the ATV truck yeah, through yeah. the front door and it gets stuck and they fire the, the missile it, yep. and it blows up. And he, he jumps on the right as they load up again. Hans has hit it again and he gets on the radio and says you proved your point let him get out of there yeah. and he just tells him to fuck off and does it again yes. similar sort of sequence happens under siege when the SEAL team comes towards the place yeah. and yeah, the good guys are on their way says Ryback next thing you know they're blown out of the sky and honestly the guy's his demeanour does not change one iota oh, oh, yeah, he just sort of goes huh and he's back yeah. straight into it it's like what about when he finds the captain yeah. yeah, same thing. He doesn't. His demeanor doesn't change. No, he he yeah. tried there. The he just thing, failed miserably. Yeah, the only thing I noticed, he, I looked he, at his face. He, I, I scrutinised it. His face did not move. He there was a, he does a big throat, swallow. His That's throat it. Went, like he just got. Yeah, you know, I made a note of that. I'm like, the, the only emotion he gets in the whole movie is when he tries to swallow something. Yeah, yeah. and so and, and again, you compare that to Die Hard, where he's in the bathroom and he's talking pulling the glass out of his feet. Yeah, glass out of his feet, and he's saying, "If you find my wife, you tell her." You know. You know, the, oh, mate, I said I love you a thousand times. I never said I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. You know, the the other thing too is you mentioned Powell. The um, the Powell in this movie is a room full of fucking twenty blokes. Yeah. Half of them I don't know what they're doing. The the guy that starts I, I don't even know who he is. I think he was a politician of some sort. And oh, he's the CIA talking, guy. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the movie, he's there going. We'll blame it on the cook. Yeah. And then that's never addressed. I'm just like, this is just Oh, too... Tom Breaker. He's a yeah, CIA yeah. guy, it's yeah. Just too con- it's sort of too convoluted. That could have been streamlined. You could, I mean, maybe that's what happens in the Navy. You get a room with that many blokes. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I, I'm not in the Navy. I don't care if that stuff's not accurate. Just get a couple of guys there. No, get him on the, on the radio to some... You know, or to one of them. Yeah, yeah. Some, some young intern... Yeah, man in a radio they all think somewhere. he's in with yeah. it and one guy trusts him yeah. and that's all he needs. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. Um, but again, that they're actually part of the problem because Ryback is talked up greatest Navy SEAL captain ever. Yeah. And and immediately again, you again I've got I don't want to do this because Die Hard's the pinnacle. Mm. John McClane is an not a, not a shit cop, but he's not a great cop. Like yeah, he's a no. good, solid cop. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but even bit if, of a dirt even bag. if Ryback yeah. was the best of the best, there's still fifty blokes on yeah. the on the boat, or, or however many. So even if he is the best of the best, you get this kind of moment. Oh, we're a chance here. Yeah, but because it's a cigar movie, it's not. Oh, we're a chance here. It's like, oh well, and you then, know what's going to happen. And, and, and <laughs> there is, there's no failure. There's no, no. failure to him. No, like. McLean Ellis dies because of McLean. Yeah. Like it's as simple as that. He 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 makes a mistake. He could give himself up but he won't. He won't do it. Yeah. He fails. Ryback never fails anything. Like nothing no. is ever failed. Oh he burns his pies. But that Other wasn't, than that the wasn't pies. his pies. That was his fault. <laughs> he was locked in the The bottom line is how how can you build any tension? How can you feel that this has you know, I feel the adrenaline for the action scenes, if he's never in danger. Yeah. And he's I mean, never in danger. You go back to, like, classic storytelling, like, Hero's Journey and all that sort of stuff. The fucking hero's supposed to have a crisis. 
Ryback is never in crisis. Ryback's got 50 men and he just kind of, mm, yeah. let's get to work. You know what I need now? I need to cross over my gun so I'm shooting in yeah, two yeah, different directions. Yeah, like it's that, just, well, yeah that's, that's, yeah, like, that looks great and it's awesome. There's no, never a crisis. There's that's never a moment work. when all seems lost. There's n- like, you never get any of that. And that's exactly what the people in the, in the um, whatever it was called, um, the situation room. No, no, no. The people that are drowning. The folks. That's exactly what Gibbo was saying. There should be a moment where their heads are underwater. That's yeah. the moment when all seems lost or whatever, like, you know, and Ryback can't get to it or something. And then we fucking, the, the, we rise from the ashes and rescue them somehow. But they, they fumble all that away because I think Seagal, I don't know, I don't know much about Seagal on movie sets, but I, it, it feels like he has a tendency to just kind of go, mm mm. Ryback don't do that. Or Ryback yeah. doesn't, you know, like... It, That's it, not the way it happens. <laughs> <laughs> but the bottom line, too, is they're going to do an airstrike. Yeah. And then there's... But there's just no... We know Ryback's going to come through. Yeah. So yeah. why do we care about the airstrike? Yeah, exactly. You know, and you get the, the, the honchos sort of going, oh, God, this is the worst decision I've ever had to make. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, mean... Even something like Armageddon did that... Ten times better, well, you know, the whole con- idea... Uh, not Connie, The Rock. The, the Rock, Rock did it yeah, really well. Yeah, yeah, this is the worst decision I've ever had to make. Yeah, yeah. Airstrike approved. Mm. You're going to kill 80 hostages. But it works yeah. in The yeah. Rock. Why could it not work here? And this is the thing. These are Nicolas all Cage is a much better actor <laughs> than Steven Seagal. <laughs> That's true. But these are all movies where we know... I'm perfectly okay to fucking get in. We know <laughs> the good guy's going to come through in the end. But they still make it work. Yes. They still make these moments work. Yeah. So it's called yeah. filmmaking. Yes, exactly. Stephen blocks it. But again, all the good action heroes, they, they there's that feeling of I cannot I, I cannot do this or, or something I'm going to die, basically. Hmm. And Ryback's never you'd never feel it. He gets hurt at one point when they're dragging, you know, they're throwing the anchor down and it grabs yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. But scratch. it's merely a minor He just changes his shirt and he's back to yeah, exactly. he's, he's golden again. And that's not good enough, mate. No. That's how you, that, yeah. that's not good enough in action films. No. Um, we did talk about the situation room or whatever it is. The dumb suits situation in there, like some of the guys that all they're there for is to say, My God, that's Ryback or <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Like they're just there to exclaim pointlessly. Like there's yeah. like a, twenty guys, two of them say things that are important, and the rest yeah, of them yeah. they're just there to make sounds. That's yeah. why I was calling it the exposition room, because that's what you get yeah. back there. Ryback. He's the best <laughs> we ever had. <laughs> like, oh, there was an incident in Panama. They yeah. start talking about him like, oh my yeah. god, I don't care about and Panama. What yeah. happens to Honolulu? Well, a million people or something like that. Like it was just all it was was uh, we're stalling on the ship here. Yeah. We better get to the answer situation. Some sort of answer some questions that yeah. needs to be answered to the audience. Yeah, that stuff was really bad. The choreography of some of the fight scenes. Uh, Stephen, as an elite martial artist, supposedly in real life, he misses some of his punch sequences by full two head lengths. Like they're not close. There's one where he's on a like a, in a stairwell fighting. I think there's two guys there at that point, and he swings a punch and. Seriously, he he could have stuck his arm out in front of the guy, and he wouldn't have even touched his face. Yeah. It was so far off, and it like you got to edit that better. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, some of his fight scenes they go into a little bit of the, what I now call iron fist editing, <laughs> where there's so many quick cuts you can't see what's happening because clearly he's not actually very good at stuff. They actually, there's a couple of times where he starts fighting, like when he gets a knife in his hand. 
I thought he was going to start doing capoeira there for a yeah. minute. He starts swinging the arms around and swiveling the hips. I'm yeah. thinking, what's going on here? And no, it just... looks more like salsa dance. He's yeah. yeah. got some castanets. He's just getting the, he's anchoring the hips. And, you know, giving it this, the humping the air, that type of stuff. Erica Laniac looks great, but her character has absolutely nothing to do. And to me... It's written very is, poorly. Is, ...is there, and, and this is what makes me think that Seagal's comment that was on IMDb is 100% correct, because she exists wholly and solely to follow him around like a lost puppy and look up at him like he's awesome. And yeah. have boobs, well, that's it. And I think that that's, uh, that's a real dud move that we could have I mean, done without her. Now yeah. that I'm not uh, 12 years old and looking at Erica or Lenny, I could just think, ah, and, you know, not hearing any sounds or anything like that. Now that I'm looking at it with adult eyes, she still looks pretty good, but <laughs> <laughs> the whole relationship is just horrendous. Like, yeah. The first thing he does is picks her up and sits her on a table. Yeah, I saw that. Like, put your shirt on, and he picks her up and sits her on a table. Tells her to get dressed and doesn't turn away. Yeah, like, yeah. just do as I'm telling you, get your boobs out again. Like, and if he yeah, couldn't get, you know, he starts immediately condescending. What kind of babbling bullshit is this? He locks her in a fucking locker. Yeah. And does all the, oh, you're going to be safe here and stuff like that. And it continues like this, where she just asks questions, and he just answers With and an, tells her what to do and yeah. condescends, until finally, fuck, she can load a gun. Yeah. 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 Like, and, and the only time just, he talks, they talk about guns is when he talks about semi-automatic, yeah. automatic, that's yeah. it. This is what I'm going to give you, he semi-automatic. He doesn't tell her how to, how to load the weapon, nothing. Yeah. He just explains to her that semi-automatic or automatic. The one the one moment that, that might work is when... She goes, who are you? And whatever, and he goes, I'm just a lowly, lowly cook. And I'm thinking, that could have worked, but once again, Stephen fucking karate chops self-awareness and doesn't seem to get that it's kind of a gag, and the delivery just kind of destroys it. Yeah. And even her, when she's got her one bit of acting to do where she's like, are you a cook? Oh, my God, we're fucked, whatever. Yeah. He, he, he shits all over it, like. Yeah. This is one of the is, worst worst female characters I've ever seen. And action movies aren't exactly a, known for it. Yeah, they're not a, <laughs> they're not brimming with great female characters at the best of times. But this is just horrendous. That line could have equally have been played better as not being a gag. It could have been on the run. Like she says, he's he's loading up, he's getting weapons, he's preparing. She says, "Who are you?" And he says, "I'm just a cook." He could That's have it. said earnestly, "Yeah." And I'm he starts he starts <laughs> he starts moving. Let's go. And she just says, "We're we're stuffed. Yeah. We're done." Yeah. But then, you know, we know he's not just a cook. Yeah. Especially when they they give you exposition dump central when the captain goes, "Why do you put up with that clown?" says says Beauty, and the captain goes. You know nothing about it. Just leave it alone. Yeah. And you just know. Just yeah, let him Okay, be. of course. He's, yeah. He kicks ass. He's yeah. the greatest. There's you know? um when Jared mentioned that she's following him around like a like a lost puppy. There's actually one sequence where he, he comes up to her and he sort of looks into her eyes and then he holds the side of her face and rubs her ears like he would to a dog. Did you see that scene? I, I did not, but yeah. like, he, he holds it like he's sort of like yeah. into her face and then he rubs both of her ears like this. It's the creepiest scene. Super uncomfortable. Super creepy. Like, yeah. he, he had ages of here too by a fair bit, which is yeah. also, like, that's just an 80s action movie thing. Like, you know, the, the guy's got to get the girl or whatever else, but there's no chemistry between them Yeah, but I've, ever. Got, I've got a problem with that. This is my final like, oh, dislike, yeah. but 
Where did that come from? It didn't. At the end. It didn't. It felt to me like the young guy who was trying to sort of get a date with her. Yeah. That was the. That's the payoff. Yeah. That's the payoff. You don't have all yeah, that yeah. without that payoff, and you don't pay it off. You it, give it to the girl. It felt to me like the the kiss from Rocky, but he didn't ask first. He just did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like she's like, oh, this is kind of uncomfortable. I'm just going to go along with it. She wasn't on board with that. You could see after it, she's still kind of uncomfortable. Like, but yeah, you know what? It stinks of rewrite. Yeah. It stinks of rewrite. That the end is rewritten because all the lead up says that young guy's going to get a date. He's finally going to break it, it was, over the line. It yeah. was far more believable if she goes, because she says numerous times, yeah, the safest place on the ship is with you. Yeah. Which is great. But once she hitches the wagon there and he gets her out of trouble, she can't get away from that bloke fast enough. Let's be honest. Like, yeah, no as one soon wants as there's to be no there. danger, she's like, okay, I don't have to talk to you anymore. Yeah. And that's where, you know, there might have been a better... Thanks better for saving moment. me. But geez, you're a fucking massive tool. Oh, it makes yeah. it so much less believable when... Oh, I'll show you a move. But then, uh, <laughs> oh, that's so bad. <laughs> oh, that's hey, please, show me your move. I, it's a move I don't want to see. I'll get oh, yeah. um, It's so painful, too, because, like, before that, before he says, I'll show you a move, he gives it the line. They say, oh, you got to go to the med bay. And he goes, I'm afraid of needles. And then it elicits the fucking laugh that Dave Chappelle would be proud of, mate. Everyone around him starts going, ah, and slapping backs and yeah. things like that. Like, Someone slaps him on his ankle wound. Yeah. No big deal. It's like, what? This is, yeah. I don't know. Did you write that line too, Stevie? Because it, it smells like you did. Fair chance. Yeah. It just, ah. Oh. Yeah, my, my last, that was kind of my last dislike. But the, um, aside from the bloke not getting touched in a fight, I mean, as we said, he gets hit with a fucking anchor on the shoulder, ends up with a scratch, and then he gets a little nick on the nose or something. That's all he That's all he cops in the entire movie, but that's a kind of common problem with Steven's fucking IMDb <laughs> catalogue, mate. But I would have been prepared to wear that slightly in this film. The only reason being is because he is a Navy SEAL. and But it's know, still 50 to 1. I know, I get that. I oh, that's an estimate. 50 and he gets guys, blown up. I would, have let, I would have been happy to let that go, but with all that other shit around it, it just is impossible to accept because, well, as you say, he can he can get grabbed by an anchor and get his shoulder basically torn off, and he just there's a sequence where he's just sitting there getting patched up, and it lasts for about ten seconds, and she just sort of goes, everything's gonna be okay, and he doesn't even move, he doesn't <laughs> even blink. and I'm like, all I could think of was this is bullshit, like, it's absolute yeah. bullshit, like he should be in agony. Yeah. yeah. And he and should is, be sort of going, exactly what I still have about. to help. I have to get out there and help. Yeah. It's exactly what you said about Die Hard. There's got to be close calls. Well, there's got to be something where, you know, in Die Hard, his, his feet get fucked up, so all of a sudden he can't move around very well. And, like, there's, there's, but there's, Die Hard sums it up right at the end when he walks out with the... He walks out with the machine gun and his wife just goes, Jesus Christ, you know, and he's just yeah, yeah. covered from head to toe in blood. Yeah. He looks terrible. It's a girl just, that just never gets anywhere near that. No, he comes at him and he's smiling. Yeah, no yeah. one would smile. He's making out with birds who didn't want to bar him. You just saw a bunch of people get massacred. The Navy SEAL team gets massacred. All those other guys that get shot... None of that happened because Seagal yeah. made it. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> in real life, she's saying, now's not the time, you slimy old bastard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get your stupid yeah, hair away from Not now. We'll talk about it later. She tries to grab onto him for a kiss. She'd slip off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> straight off the grease. Is there any other dislikes? I've got my... I've left my biggest dislike of the whole movie to last. Right. Um, Colm Meany's mouth-to-head ratio. 
it's not okay. <laughs> the only time it's ever bugged me more is in Con Air because he's also got fucking John, what's his name in it, who John also has John Cusack's mouth-to-head ratio is just as bad as his. So you've got two blokes with massive heads and cat's asses for mouth. It's kind of like... Um, it's distracting. And I can't Mooney, handle every it. Every time I see Con Mooney, he looks like someone's... Taking Gene, ha- Gene Hackman and just inflated his head a little bit. No, no, they put like one of those Snapchat filters on him where you just shrinks your mouth and your face into a tiny little ball at the bottom of your head and everything else gets blown up and puts a dew fro fr- fr- on it. It's just terrible. <laughs> anyway, that, that was my last dislike. Unfortunately, um, unlike Connie, they weren't able to paint him as a massive arsehole in one sequence of him parking in a disabled park. Mm. At least he had the ass kicker number plate in, in Connie. <laughs> anyway, that was my last dislike. Uh, yeah. Else it's a major Derek? one, though. Oh, actually, I think I mentioned it briefly before, but the the um, breaker. Why did we need to see him and some other bloke whispering, "We'll just pin this on the cook and then never address it again"? Because that's how you know he's crooked. But that's some pretty. But why? Yeah, but he's crooked. Why he's, not crooked. <laughs> he's not crooked anything. You also know he's crooked because he smokes cigarettes nonstop the whole movie. The whole nothing. idea was that Breaker had ties with Stranix. Yeah, and, and it was a black ops thing. Yeah, but. Who gives a rat's ring? Because when he says that, when he says the cook thing, parts before that, you get, as you said, you get little instances that, oh, this this guy might not be on the level, but it's not until the last five minutes of the movie that he's saying this, and by that point, the fucking ship sailed, mate. (laughs) Like, if you were going to introduce something like that, the time's done. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. You can't throw it in there and then not address it, like. But this, looking back on this, the second half is just devoid of alleged payoffs. Like, there should have been a multiple payoffs that w- were built up. Mm. Like, if you're going to do something like that, if you're going to do something like that, you got to finish it. If you're going to do something like that, he has to do it. He has to pin it on right, the man. cook and then have it come back on him. Yeah. And that never happens. So why, even, why even put the Yeah, well, where that would have worked better? Midway through the film. Ryback's yeah. working with them. There was an incident in Panama. Well, yeah, Ryback is, was... a fuck up. Ryback's going to yeah. do this. Well, Ryback was... Allegedly, it's his fault his team got killed in Panama. He double-crossed them. Something like that. Like, yeah. make but it up. But then comes back after he's the hero yeah. at the end. You know, where's this come from? Yeah. Oh, Breaker. Fucking... And Breaker then, made it all up. It's yeah, you just... Know, it's, I mean, come on. This is... <laughs> Simple stuff. Stephen didn't like that idea, guys. It got shot down, okay? I think there's, I think there's a fair bit of research. Yeah, he's walking into the He is, he is accredited producer, so... I like oh, his yeah. name. Yeah, he truly is. All right, is that, is that everything? Yeah. That's everything for me. All right. If you want to get in touch with us, send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. Like us on Facebook, Thrill Me Podcast Australia, or on Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. Next episode... Another punch in the face from Seagal. <laughs> Under Siege 2. Dark Territory. <laughs> Gentlemen, looking forward to it, I must admit. But until then... <laughs> you lied. <laughs> keep listening, take it easy, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me or one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.